Good morning, everybody. How are you? It's glorious outside. It's sunny. Vitamin D. Yes. Yes, I like it. Um, it's fun. It's good. Uh, well, my name, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Nathan Harris. I'm the lead pastor here at Celebration Center, and we are so excited that you guys are all here with us today, whether you're a, a guest or, or a regular Thank you for making us part of your Sunday morning. We know that you could have done just about anything else today, but you decided to come and join us, and we are grateful. We're thankful to see you here. And I, I, you know, I really think that God wants to, to speak to all of us at some level, in some way to encourage us, to challenge us, uh, to get us moving more in His direction. And, and I think He's got some stuff that He wants to say to us this morning. We're in a series called Generous right now. This is the third part of this series, and this series is based off of one of our core values, which is generosity. <laughs> we want, uh, what it means for us here at Celebration Center is that we want to be generous in all that we do. We want generosity to determine how, what we do, but also how we do what we do, because guess what? At the very heart of the gospel is generosity. We don't, the gospel isn't good news unless it is the generous God who is giving it, okay? And so we believe that we serve a, a loving, generous, gracious God, and we want to be generous in all that we do. As a matter of fact, here's the big idea we're working off of. Generosity is normal. It's not for some spiritual giants. It's not for the wealthy. It's not for people who are just interested in it. It's for everybody, it's part of everyday life as a Christ follower. We are the recipients of the greatest gift the world has ever known. We can't earn it. We can't manufacture it. We can't, nobody owes it to us. We have simply been given it. And since we have freely re received, we now freely give. And this comes straight out of the gospel of Matthew. Jesus was uh, getting ready to send his disciples out onto a, their very first short-term missions trip. I'm sure that they were all very nervous because they were going out uh, apart from Jesus uh, or Jesus wasn't going to be with them. He was sending them out on their own. And he gives them this instruction. This is Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 and 8. It's, he says, As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. In other words, God is back all right, everything that, that, that was keeping you separated from God doesn't matter anymore because God is back. He's back in town. And then he goes on in verse 8. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. That, that might sound a little bit strange to some people, but basically what it means is that every wrong thing is being made right. That's what, that mean, that's, that's what all of those signs mean. It means that all that was wrong is being made right. Okay? So Jesus says, preach the message, but also do the message. Begin making things right. And he goes on and he says, freely you have received, freely give. That's what's at the very heart of the core value of generosity for us. Sharing what we have been given without worrying about what we don't have. have has, has that thought ever stopped you from, from sharing something? That, oh, this doesn't matter. It's not good enough. 
Honest, raise your hand. Anybody ever, ever, yeah, we, we do, right? We, we judge our own gifts. We judge what we have or what we think we should have. But at the heart of generosity, we simply share what we've been given without worrying about what we don't have or what might be left over for us when we're done sharing. Now, I think there are three main things we all have to one degree or another that we can share. There are three things that every single one of us have been given to, uh, to one extent or another. There are things we carry around with us in our pockets, so to speak. And when we share them without worrying about what we don't have or what's left over for us when we do finally share, as we're connected with Jesus, we will be living this life of generosity. We'll be living this value of being generous. So here are the three things. We can share our time. We all have time. I realize that for many of us, it seems like we, we don't ever have enough time, right? But l- let me assure you, you have the exact same 24 hours in your day as everybody else in this room. Okay, we all have some time. We all have talents. We all have things that we're good at. Okay, and we all have treasure. It may not be a lot. It may be a lot. I don't know. But we all have something. Last week, we looked at what it means to be generous with our time. What it means to be generous with our time. And we talked about how being generous with our time is is basically about being present. Being present to the people around us and to the situations around us. Okay? It's not having all of the answers. It's just being there. Have you ever had somebody who was just willing to sit with you? Maybe you were going through a really hard time. Maybe you a, a tough loss or something, and they couldn't fix anything for you, but they just sat with you. That's being present. Okay? That's part of how we can be generous with our time. If you've missed any of the messages from this series, I encourage you to go to our website, ccpuallup.com. Click on the sermon podcast link, and you can get caught up there. This week, we're going to look at what it means to be generous with our talents. Generous with our talents. And here's the main thing for this week. We are generous with our talents when we serve. (laughs) We're generous with our talents when we are serving. What do I mean by talents? What do I mean by talents? We're talking about talents this morning, and, and those things... When I talk about that, I'm talking about the abilities God has given to each of us to serve the rest of the church, to serve the world around us. These include what we call our natural abilities. My son is really good at, um, he, it didn't take him long to get the timing down for hitting a wiffle ball with a bat. He's just been able to do that. He's got this knack for it. It's kind of a natural ability that he has. We've all got those things. But it also refers to our spiritual gifts. Those things that God gives to us supernaturally that he asks us to use in service to him and to other people. My dad played a number of instruments. He played the guitar. He played the hammered dulcimer. He played the mandolin, the mountain dulcimer. He, he played a bunch of instruments. Um, and I think there were even some that he played that I forgot about. 
But he was able to pick these things up. He would be able to start just playing them. Now, I got some of that musical inclination, but he, he was far more naturally uh, gifted that way than, than I am. He could pick up a piece of music. He could hear something, and he would begin just to play it. Not that he wouldn't have to practice it or figure some things out or work out the music or anything like that, but he, he would be able to listen. He wouldn't have to read a piece of music and go through it to do it. He would, he would hear something on the radio or a, or a cassette. or those, For those of you who are young, that, that's what we used to do before MP3 things, okay? Um, um, uh, yeah. Uh, so I just realized I totally dated myself there. Um, but he, he would. That's what he would do. He, we had cassettes all over the house, and he was constantly listening to music, and he would just listen to it over and over, and he'd pick it up, and he'd start playing it. It was amazing. My dad put his talent for music to work in the church and for our family. I remember times uh, my dad didn't, wasn't a big story reader. I love stories. My dad wasn't a big story reader. So at night, my dad wouldn't come into our room and read stories. What he would do is he would bring in a chair and his guitar, and he would play. He would just play music. And I can't tell you how many nights I drifted off to sleep listening to my dad play the guitar, singing just songs, and, and it was really good. But he, he also used his gift in the church. He led worship, and he was actually pretty good at it. Okay? Everyone here can think of someone, whether yourself or someone else, who has used their abilities to serve other people. We can, we can think about those, those examples. We can also think about examples, whether ourselves or other people, who have allowed their gifts to go to waste. Right? Maybe they haven't been applied. Or maybe they haven't been developed and used. Or maybe, maybe we even use them selfishly, spend them on ourselves. When we put our gifts and abilities to work, we are being generous with our talents. This is what God wants us to do. This is part of what it means to be generous. Here's what Paul said. This is the main verse. We're the main verse we're looking at this morning, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I'm reading out of the NIV. If you have your Bible, your Bible app, you can turn there. I love this verse. This is one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Ephesians 2.10, Paul says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. This has to do with being the new creation. All throughout the Old and New Testament, there's this promise of this thing called the new creation where things are, what, what was wrong is made right. Okay? Where what was once in, in a, uh, a degraded condition is, is made whole and complete. Where it's something actually kind of new. All right? And, and Paul calls this the new creation in, in other areas of, of his writings. But that's what he's referring to right here. He's referring to us as God's new creation, a work of art, that, that handiwork there. It, it means what God has created, but it also is in reference to this work of art, kind of like a poem or a piece of music, 
something that is set out into the world, okay, and, and just creates this beauty all around it, all right, because it's a reflection of its creator. God has made each of us individually and us together this new creation handiwork, this new creation work of art put on display to tell everybody about God and to bring other people into his family. Paul goes on to do good works. Now, these, God didn't create us to do good works so that we could earn his love and favor, okay? That's not the gospel. That's not who our God is. God freely gives us his love. As a matter of fact, if we were to read earlier in Ephesians chapter 2, what we would find is that where we were once separated from God, where we were once children of wrath and all of those kinds of things, these are terms that Paul actually uses earlier in, in Ephesians 2. God has changed all of that by his love, by his grace, by his mercy, by freely giving us these things. Not because we earn it, not because we deserve it, but because he wants to. But now what we see here is that out of this love, he's created us for these good works. In other words, these good works are supposed to flow out of his love. Not to get his love. Not to earn it. But to express it to offer praise to him for it, and to also give it away. To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Literally, God designed us to live these good works, to, to walk in these good works, to make these good works our way of life. That's what he's created us for. God has made you new and given you a purpose. Your purpose is to use for God everything he has given you. That's your purpose. That's my purpose. So how do we begin to do that? How do we live that way? How do we make that happen? If you're taking notes on your outline, number one, if, if being generous means that we serve using our talents, to serve, number one, we must be available. We've got to be available. I remember a guy in our little town, Lowell, Oregon. Um, we, there was a lot of life in, in our little town was, was based around the schools and, and what was happening there, like many small towns. And um, this one particular thing that our school district would do would be to have a carnival every year at the grade school. And so the whole, almost the whole town would get together and be at this little carnival thing. And it, it was a lot of fun and whatnot. One year I remember there was another pastor in the community who, who came to this carnival and he was wearing this kind of western style shirt and it had this cool eagle design on the back of it and... Um, it was, it was kind of a cool shirt. And one of my younger brothers commented at this carnival, he goes, that's a cool shirt. I love that shirt. Well, that, that comment somehow got back to this other pastor. 
Okay, and so this guy shows up at our house after the carnival is all done, and he knocks on our door. He comes in. He says, Tim, I heard that you like my shirt. I heard that you really like this shirt. And Tim goes, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And he takes his shirt off, and he hands it to Tim. He just gives it away to him. Now, it was a little bit awkward and weird because now there's this guy in my house that doesn't have a shirt on, but it's also very cool because he literally gave the shirt off his back. Okay? Here's what we find in Matthew chapter 14. Jesus is talking with his disciples. He's about to feed the 5,000. Okay? It says in verse 15, As evening approached, the disciples came to him, came to Jesus, and said, This is a remote place, and it is already getting late. Jesus, please send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Verse 16, Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. What? I mean, I love the disciples' response here because, I, it, frankly, it would have been my, my response as well. I'm being honest. It would have been my response. What? You, what? What? How am I supposed to feed 5,000 people? They, they actually said, we, here, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. That's it. That's what we got. Jesus says, bring them here to me. The Gospel of Mark and Mark's account of this. Um, He, he, Jesus actually asks the question, what do you have to the disciples? And they answer, we've got, the, here's what we've got. I love this story because in it we see exactly what it takes for you and I to be part of something bigger than ourselves. You ever want to be some, part of something bigger than you? You ever been afraid that maybe you can't be part of something bigger than you because you don't have enough whatever, talent, knowledge, Money, influence, whatever. Being part of something bigger than us has nothing to do with being the best at anything. It doesn't. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't need to work and that we don't need to get better at things. Of course we do. It also doesn't mean that we have to be the most knowledgeable about something. It simply has to do with being available with what we do have. Notice Jesus doesn't ask the disciples how many degrees they've got. How many master's degrees do you, do you guys have? Oh, sorry, I can't use you. You don't have any. That's not what Jesus says. He says, what have you got in your pockets? <laughs> what do you have in your pockets? God asked the same question to Moses. Moses, when it, right before he sends Moses off to rescue the Israelites, uh, Moses or God says, "Moses, I'm going to use you to, to rescue my people." And, and Moses says, "How? I don't have anything." And, and God says, "What's in your hand?" Moses, uh, my staff." He goes, "I'll use that." Jesus simply asks, what do you have? And, and 
Listen, when he asks what we have, it's not because he doesn't know what we have. He knows exactly what you have. He created you. He knows what he poured into you. He knows how, he, he loves you so much. He, he knows exactly what you have. He wants to know if you're willing to share what you have. What do you have? Are you willing and available for him to use what you have as he wants to use it? This is a heart check question. Are you available? I have to ask myself this question. Because, and frankly, there are times when it's just easier not to be available, right? I got things to do. I got tasks to, to perform. I've got, I've got stuff that has to be figured out and done and taken care of. It's, it's, it's easier to not be available. It's inconvenient, actually, <laughs> sometimes. But if we are going to live the life of generosity, we have to be available. Last week we talked about being present to people and to situations around us. This is the flip side of that. Yes, we need to be present to, and use our time for people and, 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 and circumstances and situations and all that, but we also need to be present to God. I don't have much, but what I've got, here it is. To be generous with our talents, we need to be available and simply serve generously with what we have. Number two on your outline, to serve, we must be submitted. To serve, we must be submitted. Now, the kind of submission I'm talking about here is not about being a doormat. It's not about just letting somebody run over you or, or anything like that. The submission I'm talking about here is gratefully accepting the gifts God has given to us and then using them in loving service toward those around us. It's an act of humility. I remember a time I was given a gift. I was a little kid. I must have been six or seven, something like that. I had a cousin. She had brought uh, my brother each a little Hot Wheels car, and, and I was not happy with the car she gave me. I wanted the one my brother had. And, and so I complained and I moaned and I groaned until finally she swapped them. <laughs> I, got, I got my way, which shouldn't have happened, but it did. Now, I know this is a little uncomfortable, but let me ask you this question. Have you ever been jealous about a gift or a talent someone else has that you wish you had? You ever looked at somebody else and said, oh man, if only, if only I was like that. If only I, I could do like that person. I, you guys, there have been other preachers, other leaders I've, I've looked at in my life. Man, I wish I could be like that person. The way that person does this is, oh wow, that's so amazing. I'm nothing. The flip side of that is sometimes we, we look at other people and think, oh man, I'm better than they are. <laughs> right? We compare. We compare. 
1 Corinthians 12, verses 27 through 31, Paul addresses this very thing. Here's what he says. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. A part of it. So what he says here is that collectively, we are the body of Christ together. And individually, we each have a role to play in it. That's what he's saying here. Verse 28, and God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and different kinds of tongues. Verse 29, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? The answer here is no. It's a rhetorical question. Paul has just said that we each have our own role to play. We don't all have the same role to fulfill. Okay? But we all have a role to play. Verse 31, Now eagerly desire the greater gifts... And yet, I will show you the most excellent way. You see, the church in Corinth was going through what we all go through. Messes. Life was messy. Messes concerning relationships and pride and unity and a lot of other things. A lot of other things that, frankly, are just really weird. Some awkward things. And here, Paul is specifically addressing the spiritual gifts they have operating in the church. And apparently, the Corinthians were living with some gift envy. They were measuring themselves and each other by what gifts they did and did not have. They elevated certain kinds of things above other kinds of things. They said, this role, this thing is more important than these things. And so if they had that thing, then they looked down their noses at everybody else. If they didn't have that thing, they thought they were nothing. We do the same thing, right? We look at ourselves and discount ourselves when we don't look like someone else. Or we, do, we discount somebody else because they don't look like us. Or our, our vision, our picture of what we think good, strong, healthy, successful Christians should look like. Here's the thing. The gifts that we have, the gifts that other people have, are not due, due to anything we have done. Let me say that again. The gifts that we have are not due to anything we have done. Just like we can't earn God's love, we can't earn the gifts that he gives us either. We can't do it. They belong to God and are supposed to be used on his behalf. If we look back at verse 28, Paul says, God has placed in the church. God has determined this. This is about him. This is about what he is doing. This is about what he is accomplishing. He didn't check with me and say, hey, Nathan, what do you think? I just don't know. I, I, I don't know what I, what I should do with this. What do you think? And then, and then I gave him some great idea. No, he didn't do that with any of us. He, he determined who gets what and what is happening where and when and how and all of that. God has placed in the church. 
Verses 29 and 30, do we all have the same gifts? No! No, we don't. And guess what? That's good. That's good. You see, God orders things this way so that we will actually be dependent on Him and each other. So that we will be desperate for Him and for each other. None of us here can do everything that God wants accomplished. None of us. To serve generously, we must be submitted. We have to be humble and, and to love God and each other. We, we have to ask God to inform us about what He wants from us so that we can go about loving Him by living the life of good works that we, taught, we read about in Ephesians 2.10 that He's prepared for us all by loving each other through service. We accept the gift that has been given without comparing it or ourselves to anybody else. You see, we're complementing each other. We're not competing with each other. Number three on your outline. To serve, we must be faithful. To serve, we must be faithful. I remember the time I was working, I went out and I went to a temp agency. I got a part-time temp job. Um, I was, it was right before I got married and uh, we needed a little extra money for the wedding and, and our, our, our honeymoon. And so I went and I got this, this part-time job and the job was really menial. It wasn't that impressive. It didn't require a whole lot of brain power. It was literally putting little uh, barcode stickers on plumbing supply brackets. <laughs> that, that, that was it. That was all it was. It wasn't, it wasn't extravagant. It wasn't really good. It wasn't even that, that high paying or anything like that. But I was very, fairly terrible at that job when I first started it. <laughs> I was awful. It was, I was slow. I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I could see what I was supposed to do. You think, oh man, this is easy. You should be able to just do this, but there's a rhythm to it. And there's a way to be able to get that sticker off so you don't, it's not peeling off the, the, the paper backing on and not sticking to the thing that you're trying to put it on and, and all of this. Um, and, and so I, I was having a really hard time, but after a few weeks of doing this, you know what? I got, I, I got, Fairly decent at it. We, our group would even have uh, um, a little competition. We'd each have a, our own little pile of, of brackets that we had to do, and, and we'd see who got done the, the quickest with it. I had to do what was in front of me over and over so that I could become proficient at the job I was supposed to be accomplishing. Here's what Paul said. Again, this is Paul. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. He says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So basically that one little sentence there sums up just about everything that we, we read that he wrote in, in 1 Corinthians 12, that passage that we read there. This is all due to God. It all belongs to God, he says. It's, it's, it's according to the grace 
the gift given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, here's where, here's where he moves on. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And I think he could go on and on and on with a whole lot of other things that are needed in in people's lives and in the life of the church. His point here is this. Use what you have. Put it to work. Use it. Do it. Live in it. Put it into practice so that you can live the life God has for you to live for him and for the rest of the community. Just like I had to practice my task to get better that jo- in that job, to get better and more proficient at it, we must practice, we must faithfully put to work the gifts we have been given so we can get better and better at what God has called each of us to be and to do. In order to be generous with our talents, we need to faithfully put them into practice. We need to use them constantly in worship to God and in love for one another. And it's not always going to be pretty all of the time. Just like I totally stank at putting on those barcodes to begin with. We're going to, when we, whatever we start with, it's not, it's probably not going to be pretty. That's okay. Remember, God doesn't ask us to be proficient, at least not immediately at at everything. He doesn't ask us to look the best. He doesn't ask us to to be the best at at everything in the moment. When we're first learning something, he simply says, what do you have and are you willing to use it? Are you willing to be generous with it? If we are going to live the way of good works God has prepared for each of us to live, again, there's that, Ephesians 2.10. We need to be generous with our talents through serving. And we do that by being available, by being submitted, and by working at it faithfully. Practicing it over and over and over. So, I've got some homework for us. We're going to put this into practice. I'm not asking, listen, I love, um, anybody here ever done any of those um, spiritual gift assessment tests and, and everything? I think those are cool. I, I, like, I like seeing what is said about on those. I have, frankly, just about all of them turn about, out about the same for me, so well, go figure. Um, but, and, and those are neat and, and cool and everything, but you guys, we don't get better at using our gifts and talents by taking spiritual gift assessments. We get better at our gifts and talents by using our gifts and our talents. Okay? And you can get an idea from those, from those paper assessments about, some, about things and it might, that match up you know, with what you're interested in and, and, all, and all of that. But here's the deal. The best way to actually find out how you're really gifted is to begin serving. It's to jump in. It's to say, you know what? Here's what I've got in my pocket. And then use it. 
to help us begin living this out here, we have some ministry interest sheets out in the lobby. Okay? You're going to find a number of different ministries out there. We've got our hospitality ministry. That's, the, you know, the guest services, the people who, who, who are helping greet people. Okay? We've got our Adventureland. That's our kids' ministry. People, you know, maybe, maybe you're, you, you think you might be good with kids, whether that's with really young ones or teaching or, or whatever. We've got a sheet for that. We've got a sheet for facilities, stuff inside and outside. We've, we've, there's a whole bunch of things out there. Here's what I want you to do. Go sign up for something. If you put your name down on an interest sheet, the ministry leader for that area will contact you and say, hey, here's, what, here's what's happening. How can we help you get plugged in here? One of the best ways to find out what God has fitted you for is simply to begin serving. Try something. See what happens. See what happens. Now, some of you might be thinking, this, this is a little scary. If I sign this, am I going to be signing my life away? No, you're not. You're not signing your life away. Remember, I said we're trying some things. Just jump in. Just try something. If you find, man, I, I'm just no good at whatever that thing is, then we can talk about getting you plugged in in a different area. We don't stop trying, though, because one thing didn't work out. Are you hearing me? What has God fitted you for? Where can you give your talents generously that will benefit others around you, that will benefit this church? You guys, if you do this, you're, you're saying you're available. God has done all kinds of amazing things with people who are simply available. Simply available. What could happen? I want to have the band come on back up. What could happen here at Celebration Center if we were an available People. Now listen to me. There are many of you who are already serving, doing a lot of things. I am not asking for more bricks. That's a joke about Pharaoh. Sorry. I'm not asking you to, to give more, to bleed more, to, to, to not have life or anything like that. I'm asking that we all join together in doing this. What would happen if we were known as an available people? What could happen? What, what kinds of things could we do in our community simply because we were available? Like the disciples. Man, we can see that these people are hungry. Jesus, you got to send them away. And Jesus says, no, this is an opportunity for you. You do something. What have you got in your pockets? What might happen? If we 
lived generously with our talents, living out the life of good works God has created and fitted us for. I want you to stand with me. We're going to sing, and in just a minute here, we're going to sing one last song. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to sing this song. Okay? Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you don't require us to be perfect, that you don't require us to be the most knowledgeable or the most popular or the most influential or whatever else the most. You just ask us to be available. So God, here we are. We want to be available to you, to the amazing grace that you have given to us so that your grace can flow through us to those around us in this room, but also to people outside of this church. Make us this generous people. Teach us your ways in this, that we would rely on your faithfulness. Maybe you're here and you haven't begun your life as a Christ follower, but you'd, you'd like to. You think, man, this, this is how generous and loving God is? Let's, yeah, yes, please. I'm going to say a prayer. Just make it your own. God, I want what you've got. I want your love. I need your grace. I ask that you would take my life. Here I am. I'm available to you. Make me new. Join me to your people. Make me part of your family. Lord, for anybody who made that prayer theirs, let them know just how much you love them. Not because they said a prayer, but because you made them. And for all of us, God, I ask that you would bring your new creation life to bear in us, to, to transform us and, and to make us new in those areas that we need to be made new in, but also that you would make your new creation life to flow out of us and into the world around us. Here we are. We are yours. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing this last song, Amazing Grace. Let's sing this in worship. And this, let's sing this as, as our dedication to becoming available to God. And then I'll come back up and wrap it up. You guys, we get, we get the opportunity to serve with our talents because of this reality, because of his amazing grace. Not to earn it, but to demonstrate his love that, that we've, we've received, but also to pour it out into the world around us. Let's be ge generous with our talents. If you need prayer, come on up this way. I'd love to pray with you. If you just want to connect, let me connect with you. I'd love to do that. Hang out with each other. Talk with each other. Go to the lobby out here and, and sign up for something. Let's give something a try. You guys, go this week knowing how much you are loved and how much God has for you. We'll see you guys next week.